0: Okay, listen. Oh. Listen, guys. I don't know what we're going to get out of this, but I just made everybody wait several minutes <laughs> so that we could tell y'all that Roman's fucking grumpy. Grumpazoid. He walked in the room, he made an angry sound, and then he said, get ready for grump cast. Wait, did I make an angry sound? Yeah, you went, <clears throat> or whatever. You exhaled in a way that immediately said to me, I got to pucker up this. I, I
1: kind of ran into the door. That's got <laughs>
0: pucker up. But I, I bring that all to everyone's attention as... Django music plays in the background because the only thing that's going to cheer Roman up is to go get some Mallard's ice cream. So we're going to go do it, Roman, and I hope you fucking walk back into this podcast. I need
1: some ice cream. It's made out of ducks. Turmeric? Is duck? Yeah, it (laughs) is. Is there a pun there? It's a special Indian duck.
2: You didn't know about that? No. No. Turmeric is basically made out of, like, duck... uh, SCURF, like the duck Ew, flakes out I Hate skin. when you
0: say squares. <laughs> <laughs>
2: squiff, squeft, squiff,
0: squiff. Um, all right, so listen, everybody. We're gonna be back. We'll probably be starting late, although through the magic of time travel, it'll sound like nothing at all. Nothing and at all. then we're gonna turn this juice on. Then we're gonna have it <laughs> ready for y'all. Juice. Get ready for Juice Cast. Juice Cast. Juice Cast. Juice Cast. Ice Cream Cast. No, the Juice Cast and Grump Cast and Ice Cream Cast. GrumpCast does not overlap with Juicecast or Icecreamcast at all. So
2: Skurfcast. It's oh, Squefters. <laughs>
0: Podcast where I don't know that our ice cream trip worked. <laughs> uh,
1: we're talking about the elder gods. This week we're talking about the elder gods. On their, on their, their sexual. Organs. Their honchos.
0: Um, where every Tuesday we get together to talk about the elder gods, the comic books that they descend upon our realm, and, uh, and just sort of bond with one another in a really good mood. Like wholesome a buddy, way. buddy, wholesome way. Uh, we get a bunch of comics, we read them all. This week there was a lot of comics, we read some of them. Now we're back here, happy as a couple of clam buddies. (laughs) Clam boys. I'm Jeff, captain of the Clam Squad.
1: I'm Roman, uh, first lieutenant of the the, the Clam Squad.
2: I like that. I'm Django. I'm a grunt. I like that too. Also, we should mention... No. that we have our, uh, our new engineer here with us. Oh, God, I love that guy. Phil Sattile is at the board. He doesn't have a mic. It's a rule for engineers. But, uh, <laughs> Phil, welcome aboard. We're all waving hi to him. Phil
0: is nodding. He's got his sort of classic... Sort of eyes half closed, stoner gaze, <laughs> just those dead, piercing pupils seeing
2: right through me. I'm just glad he shaved his facial hair into a London Bridge before the show because uh, looks good on it. Is that what a London Bridge is? Yeah, it's the you know. Well, look over there. It's just like that.
0: You can only keep so many spreadsheets and keep track of everything for <laughs> so long until you just become a part of the the the, the podcast. So Phil, thanks for uh, rising through the ranks and becoming our sound engineer.
2: One of us. One One of us. us. I love chants about group camaraderie. (laughs) Uh, This week we're going to talk about Bone Parish Number One. We're going to talk about the New World Number One. Multiple Man. Does that have any kind of subtitle? Nope. Just Multiple Man Number Two. Action Comics Number One Zero Zero One. Amazing Spider-Man Number Two. Saga Number Fifty. Five. Is that a I four am just gesturing five? four at you. <laughs> like just like the whole time. Your thumb is it's there's a huge yeah, I mean
0: it's like it's unclear, Jeff. It's it's unclear, yeah, it's like but like four and a half? When you would know if it was a five. Right. You'd know if my thumb was in there. Saga
2: fifty-five.
0: <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Man, I going to start editing so early in this Poco. Saga fifty-four. You see my thumb there? Firmly oh, touching there my go. pinky there so go. there's no ambiguity.
2: Saga fifty-four. <laughs> What number of saga was that? And also Justice League Dark, Volume 2, Number 1, I guess, probably. Is that Volume 2? Sure.
0: I feel like it's got to be at least.
2: Volume 19, Number 1. Yeah. Uh, Wow,
0: all of our credibility went out the window with that one.
2: Jeff? Yeah. We had credibility? Let's talk about the way you flash a four at me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. I get it. It's Yeah, I get it. I don't have super long digits. So well, are you so supposed to put the thumb? I mean, like that? He was looking for a thumb far out. Listen, yeah. uh, listeners at home, my thumb is extended far away from my pointer finger at this point. Um, that's five. That's five. That's Bring it four. in.
2: That's four. Yeah.
0: I guess I was being a little ambiguous. If the
2: pad of your thumb touches the base of your pinky, that's four. That's ambiguous. If the, the pad of your thumb is touching the bottom of your index finger, that's... Like, four and a half, maybe five. Hey, I want to
0: use this session we're having right now. It's just sort of like a pitching ground for the this, this, this series that I want to get made about an under an undercover. <clears throat> I want to get, like, can I get some more ideas from you guys? Like, do you think, like, you know, who's undercover at the church? do is it a male? Is it a female? What are they doing? Why are they undercover? If we got this, basically we're building a story around the word nun undercover. Well, I thought it had to be had to be. I thought it had to be gendered because it's a nun.
2: Well, I mean the first one does, but right? nun- undercover so, like,
0: means it could be a
2: female detective
0: pretending to be a nun, or it could be well, a true. male pretending to be a female nun-, a nun undercover.
1: Exactly. How many people do you want undercover? And undercover.
0: Oh my God! Like, so that's the twist of it all is
2: Everyone is not who they claim to be, and you got like eight or nine people. <laughs> Oh, boy. We'll come back to it later. I'm going to pretend that's genuine. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you for laughing at me, Jeffrey. <laughs> You're welcome, boy.
0: I just You're welcome.
1: Uh, I just hope there's a big twist at some point where we find out Jesus is also not what, what he seems.
0: God, get us out of that audio break we just had. Wowza. Bone Parish, number one by Cullen Bunn. We are that's that's the Bun Patrol. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're gonna spoil all these books. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're gonna spoil the hell out of these. The, and this one, spoiler was spunderful. <clears throat> Spunderf- bunderful. Thank you. I could have just gone with Bunderful. Spunder, spunder. I don't know where the S came from. So Jango, before
1: there. we get into the recap,
2: tell me again tell us again, what now what is a parish in that part of the world? So in Louisiana they don't have counties, they have parishes. And I believe it's well, geez, I would I would say it's probably a Catholic thing. I was going to say, isn't like a church family a parish? Yeah, like a like a church has a parish. I don't know if that's exactly where it came from in Louisiana, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if their county lines are based on church parishes. It could also be a French word for county, and it Paris. was, was kind of started by the French. Parish. Parish. Um, In this, we basically are introduced to somebody
0: tripping balls on the street, and what we learn is that they have just recently bought this drug from some shady figures. And (coughs) once we trace the drug dealer back, we uh, learn that that the drug is being distributed by this family who seems to be digging up the bones of dead folk, grinding up that sweet, sweet uh, calcium, and turn it into some sort of psychedelic drug that makes you trip trip hard with magic with magic too and it um it seems like it seems like a lot of people want this drug and it seems like the family might be getting a little bit over their head and they're approached by a mob boss who tries to take it all take it all from them and they say no this is our family business and then we are taken back to the female who's sort of in charge of the whole thing and she's talking to her husband and we start to realize that the husband, twist at the end, is actually one of the hallucinations that happens when you take this drug. You are able to interact with the, the person whose bones it was. And we don't know if that's really there or if it's just a hallucination or what. But uh, I really like that little twist at the end.
2: Yeah. I, I liked I liked how uh, they, they kind of... Set you up to be worried about what happens when you run out of the drug. Yeah. And it turns out that it's not necessarily something terrible that happens to you. It's uh, it's that the, the person that you're channeling goes away. Or maybe something terrible happens because there's a guy on a previous page who gets eaten to death by three sexy dead ladies. So I guess I'm just like Roman. Let's funnel this through that
0: big old grump tumor you got growing <laughs> out of your neck. How did you feel about this?
1: I liked it a lot. And, I didn't, And yeah, I didn't realize till the end that uh, that's what the drug does for you is you get to experience the um, <clears throat> whoever's bones, you snort it up, you get to experience their, their life and communicate with them, maybe? Which makes me really curious about this guy who's having the bad trip and these women ghouls are eviscerating him. Made me think, wow, what? so what was the life like of that person who he snorted?
0: Yeah, and I guess, the, I don't know if... I don't know what, are they experiencing life like that person or are they, are they getting to actually communicate with that dead person again or are they creating a hallucination that seems to be a projection of what their relationship of the, like, was with them? How does Cullen Bunn keep all of these stories straight? How many books do you think he's writing right now?
2: Maybe he just relies on us not keeping them straight and That's he's <laughs> just writing, a, like, you know how squirrels hide nuts all summer? Squifters. Squifters. They, squirrels. Don't know where they hid nuts. They just go out and look for nuts in the wintertime. And between all of them, they've hidden enough nuts to probably survive. Okay, okay. It looks like somewhere I'd probably put something, and they look. So maybe it's like that. We're reading Cullen Bunn books, and if you don't look at the cover, you're never really sure which (laughs) universe you're in. Where would I put my Quapo? (laughs) Uh, So this book is set in New Orleans, although it never actually says that you have to read the uh, back the back matter, the interview in the back to find out. Uh, it's When when you look at the art, if, if you've spent time in New Orleans, it's very obviously that city just with the architecture and the street signs and stuff. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that they seem to actually be digging people up out of the ground in the graveyard because in New Orleans the water table is so high that you don't bury people. Really? What do they do with dead debtors, we call them? They, they, uh, they make these... Um, little houses for them to live in. That's why I've seen things like that destroyed and
0: like water damaged as well.
2: Yeah, like yeah. A
0: buffy and stuff.
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's it's because like when it floods, the dead actually will rise, float up. Out that's of the where water. zombies
0: came from. Sure, wow.
2: Sure. But we don't actually see any grave, you know, ground graves. Well, there's the dude with a shovel where digging. It? Where is that? Right here next to the the headstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Right, right there. Yeah, I, I was, I was thinking know. they maybe they just hauled this out of the
1: mausoleum there.
2: It's also on a hill. Maybe they're outside of town because <clears> that—that's a pretty big hill for that town. But I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. That's sorry, that was a, a pretty l- nitpicky complaint. I think. No. Um, Django. Uh,
0: Infidel ended. <clears throat> there's there's some good. What's crayfish?
2: crawdaddies oh, Crawfish. Roman. Cray crayfish. <laughs> My favorite um, Wildstorm book.
0: Yeah, I like... I don't know. It's This type of book could easily not be a thing that I like, but I like reading about drug culture, <clears throat> and <clears throat> I like uh, spooky things, and I also like sort of supernatural magic. So this is a sort of confluence of things that interest me, and the art was pretty good.
2: I think I think the art could use an extra little touch. It. There, there were a lot of panels and a lot of pages I thought looked finished and a couple of them that just felt a little bit rushed um, but he looks it looks a little bit like uh, Sean Murphy in some of these panels in a good way
0: I, I actually had that same thought as I was reading it and I did like the page with the crawfish Roman because I love just sort of that little like metaphor of these the, you know the head of this family meeting with this mm-hmm. other rival gang person you know, and they're having this conversation but we're seeing it through this tank of what looked like two crawdaddies about to fight yeah that was, that was one of my favorite panels Hmm. So yeah, I, I, get, uh, I like that metaphor. I like, I like the whole thing. I like the idea of this person trying to keep it in the family, but she's actually really trying to just keep dealing this drug so that she can keep taking it. And it's just, a, just an interesting enough play on the old drug dealer who's getting high on their own supply. Uh, that uh, yeah, I, I liked it. it. Piqued my interest. I give it um, seven point five. I give it exactly
1: the same. Um, I really like her lab too, the door it's got a skull on it.
0: Ooh, that's angsty. I really like that. I like
1: that too. I'll give it I'll give it a seven. I
2: won't I won't go the point five. Alright, you got that uh, you got that Phil? Seven and a half, seven and a half, seven. Yep, yeah, he's doing he's got he's it. He's doing it. Good. Yep. Oh man. Did you get yeah, well, you gave it a seven point five as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. We tied,
0: Jeff. Hey, let's get out of this gross New Orleans scene take ourselves to a brave new world Uh, Alishcott and Trad Moore had a new book out this week.
2: 350 pages long.
0: (laughs) This is a huge book. Um, This is going to be three issues long and I don't know if all of them are going to be this oversized although the back like 10 pages is a short story by totally other creators that are not related to it at all that I think they just used their their name to get some unknown creators in here, and I thought that was cool. Mm. Did you read it? I haven't yet, but uh-huh. it's because the introduction to it says, like, hey, you should sit down. Like, this is very separate, but, like, make yourself some coffee, make yourself some tea or something, like, change your mood state, and then get back into this. So I wanted to read it this morning and didn't.
2: So this is by Alice Cott, Tradmore. Color artist is Heathermore. Yeah. I'm assuming a relative of Trad's. Probably his wife or sister or mother. And then... The Flatter is Yes Flat. I don't know know what a Flatter is. I don't know what a Flatter is either. What are you talking about? That's a a credit card. Yeah, I've never heard of a Flatter. Me neither. Um, This
0: was my favorite book of the week.
2: I think it was mine, too. It might have been mine. All right. Uh, Scores? Hey, so you know what I loved
0: about this book? This first page is the least subtle Akira reference I've ever seen.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: I didn't get that. This book... Has just more than one... Re- and then it's like an Akira meets Mobius. Like, the art references yeah. to Mobius are insane. Uh, we're, at like, six pages in. This double-page spread is... C- is Couldn't be more intentionally a reference to Mobius. Couldn't be Morbius. It oh, couldn't be Morbius. Uh, so that was good. The living vampire? Oh, you yeah, everybody is killing it. And uh, <laughs> and so, like, those references are great to me because I love both of those things. And then I got, like, seven pages in, I realized, like... This sequence I'm reading is a perfect mirror image of each other Mm -hmm. in the, like, Alan Moore killing joke sort of way where, like, panels, and even if it's not the same image, just the way that things are aligned in these panels mirror the spine of the book. So, you know, people are on the left side, she's walking forward down, you know, to the right, and then on the right side, they're walking forward down to the left.
2: And they're parallel times. Each panel is happening, like, the two top panels are happening at the same time Mm -hmm. as each other. And then all of that... You know is enough to make it a fantastic book, but
0: I think that alish Khan like this is the the most well conceptualized world that he's done. I think generation gone would be my second favorite, my favorite before this one um but this it it's just it's it's well conceptualized but also very different from our own, yeah. And he doesn't just it, it doesn't seem this easy like, all right, well we're in this era and this is what's happening and the political, you know, sphere is like this. No, but it you, takes
2: it takes sixty four pages <laughs> to really show you well really like yeah. you you by the time you're done with this, you have a really good handle on this world and he didn't hold your hand really at all. At any point. Yeah. Um and I really like I like how he messes with time. There's there's yeah. this two page spread of just four horizontal panels starting in space and it zooms into a satellite and then a little bit closer to Earth and then down to, like, a Google Maps overhead view. And each one has the same word, balloon. And when you turn the next page, you realize that all four of those panels and this next one are happening at the same moment. And it's just giving you kind of a an idea of the scope of the world that he's got there.
0: I, As I was reading this, I just was excited by it. Like, I felt like I was reading something special. And, like, I had to text all of the guys and say, like, I think this is something special. And I don't yeah. really get that feeling a ton I don't
2: I don't think we should uh, summarize the story really yeah it's good and you don't like just jump in yeah, yeah. It, this is it's, it's fantastic
1: the colors here are beautiful these I love the sound effects that they work in too like there's a long shot of this pyramid nightclub it looks like the Luxor in oh Vegas. yeah yeah and the light and the spotlights are going up and kind of behind the spotlights are, are the mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> from the music. And it's just, it's just real subtle. There's no explanation, frick, exclamation points. It just worked. Uh, it's a beautiful
0: book. It's a beautiful book. There's an incredible sex scene in it. There is some very there, good cat humor in it.
1: There's some great cat humor. There's some really funny, like when these people pop this pill behind one of the main characters. And yeah, that you see their eyes and their hands change. The one guy's tiny little weird glowing hands all of a sudden.
2: I'd like to point out that the sex scene and the cat scenes are different.
0: <clears throat> right, that wasn't <laughs> me being coy.
2: That's a fish thing.
0: Yeah, that was a fish thing.
2: <laughs> well, I give it a 9.
0: Uh, I'm going to give it a 10. I'll give it a 9.5. Yeah, it's not that often that I, like, I get, I I was just, I kept getting excited, and I kept being like, this is, like, wow, I hope everyone sees this. I hope this doesn't go unnoticed.
2: Jeff, did, when you welcomed people to the podcast, did you give it a number?
0: Hey, everybody, listen, I'm a goofer. Roman's for sure a goofer. Django, (laughs) Captain (laughs) Goofs. We all like to goof around a lot. Um, Last week on the podcast, I very clearly and very confidently announced that it was episode 92. And through a trick of the light, it turns out that I had misremembered that it was actually episode 91. And this is episode 92. So welcome to pac 92. (laughs) Perfectly acceptable comic podcast number 92, where we only goof for fun, not out of mistake... Goofs. (laughs) Goofs.
1: <laughs> Other than that being the episode number, is ninety two a significant
0: number in your life? I was three. <laughs> Wait, you were three <laughs> in nineteen ninety two? Um, Boy, I was fifteen. Fifteen, 15. yeah. That's huh. the year I
1: moved to Bellingham to go to Western.
0: I was just about to start getting off the nipple, and you were about to get your driver's license.
2: Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> I was apologize
2: to your mother. I was a late bloomer. <laughs>
0: I was the I was the last child, so she didn't want to grow up. I didn't want to grow up.
2: Multiple Man, number two, by Matt Rosenberg <laughs> and Andy McDonald arting with Tamara Bonvillain coloring it. Bonvillain. 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 Wow. Multiple Man. They number were... two. Uh, it's got a fart joke on page two. I like that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh so in this one multiple man that we met last issue when he came back from the future is snatched back to the future by his group including the hulk multiple man the cloak hulk, the cloak multiple man the cable multiple man the deadpool wolverine multiple man all his all his weirdo clone guys and in the future, there's a version of him who rules with an iron fist, and the resistance is being led by two children who are 15 or so. Uh, we meet a Forge who has uh, made his made himself a, a robot body to live in. He's a he's a severed head, and he's not a big fan of Jamie Madrox. And we meet the multiple men. Who are in the Resistance, who are going to become his team. So they meet themselves before they turn into the Hulk and the Cable and the Deadpool version of themselves. Um, it's very time travel twisty. And I thought it had really good pacing. I I don't know. I just What like did you series. think of this? Yeah. I didn't read it. Django, I didn't really care for it. Yeah, Um, Was it the fart joke? It was the fart joke. (laughs) Do you give me a fart joke on page two
0: and I'm done? Tell us the fart joke.
2: Uh, It's just like the cloak slash, I don't know, he's he's some sort of mashup, but he uh, just makes a big fart noise. He does a fart. With the heels of his hands on his mouth.
0: He does your classic heel-hand fart noise. And you
2: know what? With that kind of beard, you can't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Straight up can't.
0: My feeling on this is that it seems a little bit needlessly confusing Mm -hmm. like confusing for the sake of being confusing like I want to tell a cool time travel story but I don't have a cool time travel story so I'm just gonna like loop things and tie things around enough Mm -hmm. and that that's fine time travel stories are one of my favorite types of stories though and I've like through comic books in the last like three years I've just realized like whoa They've taken one of my favorite things, and they, they've just kind of put out a lot of vanilla ice cream time travel stories. I can see that. And it's not – I don't know. It's not super poorly done. But what is also the thing is – Jengu, have I liked any Matthew Rosenberg books? I have not read Four Kids Walk Into a Bank because we sold out. Well, you fucked that up. Right. Um, so that's why I boy, keep I assuming that that's really good. Did, so I excitedly read all of his books. But I haven't actually, like, in thinking about it, I don't think I've actually liked any of them. Have you liked Punisher recently? I guess Punisher's been okay. That's been fine. I've stopped reading it, but... Yeah. And, like, Phoenix Resurrection was meh.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't... I certainly don't love everything he's done. I really like Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, and he did something else kind of under the radar before he got picked up by Marvel. Okay. And then I think, since he's been at Marvel, I think this is the... This is the one that I've liked the most.
0: As I was reading this, I sort of had this just image of like Matthew Rosenberg angrily typing on a computer because his buddy Donny Cates, who kind of s- showed up after him, is now this huge superstar, and he's just <laughs> like, "Oh fuck, I gotta do something." T-. I mean, that's all not true <laughs> in my own conjecture and about it, but uh, that's yeah. I don't know. I I don't. I also I think a big part of it is that I don't know very much about Multiple Man, which is why I also wanted to hear Roman's opinion about it because I. I feel like in the first issue we're introduced to this character and he's in his timeline and then he jumps forward like 15 minutes was what my memory was, mm-hmm. and that seemed like an unnecessary, not real. Like why would he have jumped that short of a period forward? And then at this in this one they're saying he's from the future and they have like shared memories. They ask that version of him why he decided to become a totalitarian. He's like, well, it seemed like a better idea at the time. Do they have, like, shared memories? Do they remember the lives of the people that they multiplied from?
1: I, and I, I did read the first issue, and it was confusing. And I don't know how, how his powers changed slightly, because he used to be before he would send out his dupes, his duplicates to um, go travel the world and learn things, world and whatever, but then, he, then they didn't share memories until he reabsorbed them. Then he would know what they, that, what they knew, uh-huh. what they learned and experienced.
2: I, I get a lot of, uh, I think a lot of what the artist is trying to convey through the the facial expressions. I think it's I think it's really nice art.
0: I do like the art as well, and I guess my big goal is to just not let you experience joy if I can't experience joy.
2: <laughs> well, Jeff, if this is a race to the bottom, I can I can play this <laughs> game also. Uh, are we talking about Spider-Man? Are you guys no. inside <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: I. My feeling on this is that I think it's going to be have some really cool payoff with the yeah. time travel stuff, but I was having I, it's it's I'm a little needlessly confusing on the way there. there Can they
1: explain why there's uh, superhero combo duplicates of his?
2: No, we just know that they used to be just normal dupes, and then at some point they're going to turn into those guys. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I I guess I really like the. Inventiveness along the way, if that makes sense. Like those mashups, I thought were really cool. I like the uh, Forge's solution to being old and beheaded. <laughs> um, I liked. Uh, I liked the shower beer scene. I did too. I like the homage to the Days of Future Past yep. in there. A little picture of the author. I like the. Uh, I like the kid. the The dialogue was a little too cutesy for me between him and the kid, but I. I I got what they were going for, and I, I like that interaction and the fact that this little 15-year-old kid has been the leader of the quote-unquote revolution for the last eight yeah. years. And, yeah, and that scene, I was like, is, they,
0: <clears throat> is that kid him, or is that girl that was with a previous version of him is actually, like, his wife, and that's his kid. He's going to go back in time. like
2: S- Something There's weird. a lot of
0: seeds to stories. That,
2: yeah, and I like the... Super kind of needlessly complex. Well, I'm going to go back in time to stop my future self from time traveling and going forward in time before he goes back in time. I, that was a little silly, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I give this a, a seven and a half. I'm going to keep reading it. It's, it's like five issues. I think it's five I, issues. I trust it to pay off yeah. pretty well.
0: I think I'm going to give it a 6.5 or a seven. <clears throat> I'm in there. Phil, is it cool with you if I waffle? Phil says it's chill. Nice.
1: Um, Sounds like you could say there's there's multiple seeds.
0: Oh, heavens. Okay. I'll, I'll give that cover
1: seven. Okay, wait, cover.
0: wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I want accountability here. <laughs> Roman, I want you to tie that into Action Comics 1001. Multiple seeds. Make that a segue. Let's see it happen.
1: In three, two. Well, one of the seeds of Lois being gone here is really well done because it starts off the issue, I, and I thought it was going to be a journalism article by her but no it's a little trick a visual trick it's actually just recapping the previous uh, couple issues Bendis
0: mm. i guess this Bendis is... is notorious for loving a recap page and yeah. DC hasn't really been doing them so I, I i know that there's been some humorous conversation about how Bendis is going to be trying to get recap pages I like it when
1: they do a recap page in a clever way like this cuz if they're too like just like Marvel used to do the the black mm-hmm. first page it was just there that's kind of obtrusive but i also don't want it to go like I love Garth Ennis, but sometimes his books there's no recap at all, and if there's been too long between issues, I'm like I don't know who these people are. I can't remember.
0: I like a I like a bit of a recap. Yeah. I usually read recap. the last. I like the second half of a recap is what I usually read.
1: Yeah. Um, I really like the art on this. Patrick Gleeson, Brian Michael Bendis script. Pa- Patrick Gleeson art. Alejandro Sanchez colors. This art is beautiful. I mm-hmm. think
0: that. It is absolutely beautiful, and I think that it's a different colorist than when he was doing Superman. Because it's it with Tomasi, like it's got a, it's mm. deeper, it's darker, it's like a little bit flatter to it. It's like a different blue than you know that other blue, which was a little bit brighter and more vivid. I, I, the art in this is gorgeous.
1: I wonder if that's what a flatter does. Maybe that's like the flatter. Flattens the color palette somewhat or something.
0: So Django just <laughs> lear- looked at the final page and gave a really insulting masturbatory gesture at it. So what did you mean by that, Django? Yeah, who is this?
2: <laughs> I, I don't want this part in the podcast, Jeff.
0: So who is that is the question.
1: Is that Lois Lane? That's what I was like. Is that Lois and is she in, is this Chicago? No. Is she, isn't that the famous building in Chicago?
0: Yeah, but that's not Lois. It, but she's supposed to be in space. There are several women in this book and that woman at the, on the final page is not any of them and I compared the images to it in all of them. What what do you mean masturbatory gesture? It's comic books. The multiple man wasn't jerking itself off? All right, listen, Jeff... There was a picture of Princess Python
1: in an old issue of the comics journal. That's <laughs> oh man! Uh,
0: Thank you for getting us out, out of that of one. Some. So did everybody see on the f- <laughs> second <laughs> the second page? Get us out of there? <laughs> yeah, sure did. The second page of just a shot of Superman getting machine gunned, but there's like faint hands around him catching and dropping oh, all of the bullets. Oh, My God, awesome. I didn't, I didn't That's see those. Awesome! Like there, really yeah. there is some very. Gleason does a lot of stuff, but I have not seen Gleason be this on point in quite a while.
1: Wow, look, and one of the hands is actually dropping the Mm -hmm. the crushed bullet casing.
2: I don't know what I think of this crotch shot. I know what you think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Insert masturbatory gesture here. (laughs) Yeah, there's some good crotch shots. They're just making sure we know he's got the... Underwear. The the underwear. Look at that. Like, just the flat of the blue and then the whites on the highlight. Like, it's, it's, there's a really sort of subtle, muted beauty to all of the costumes in it. Who's coloring this? He said somebody whose name I didn't recognize immediately. Alejandro.
2: (laughs) Keep it up, Alejandro. Seriously. Isn't that a song by Lady Gaga? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Keep it up, Alejandro. Yeah. (laughs) Hey,
0: Rome and I listened to, uh, Bad romance on Saturday for like 45 minutes on repeat, like not exaggerating. So if you guys want to have a fucking dance party, come hang out with Roman and Saturday afternoon. I really (laughs) hope not. I really (laughs) hope not.
2: Uh, I like that this issue seems to wrap up the question of whether Superman's been setting those fires. Yeah, he's not. Good job, Bendis. If you had dragged that out, one more issue, I would have been angry.
0: Yeah, me too. I was like, I want to know what that hook is, but I also, that's laughably incorrect. So this does follow up right out of Man of Steel. I liked how much of a social book this was. Do you think he just split Superman? Red and blue. Red and blue, baby. We love that. We love red and blue (laughs) Superman here. They're reprinting the Superman red and blue graphic novels, so they? they always do that. Right before a storyline takes that stuff into account, dude. So
2: I wouldn't be surprised if Bendis makes Red and Blue cool. I'll eat my hat. Bendis can do anything. Oh, wait, the, the
1: original Superman Red, Superman Blue, or the '90s one where one was electric? By uh, they original, do you mean the... the
2: one from like the '40s with yellow kryptonite or some shit? Yeah, it was
1: called yeah
0: red kryptonite. Split them in three or something.
2: I don't know what Jeff's talking about, but I'm talking about the '90s Red and Blue. I'm oh,
0: definitely okay. talking about the '90s oh, Red and Blue. Okay. Uh, I I talk uh, about
2: uh, oh yeah Phil said
0: Phil said ninety Phil nodded it out yeah I'm into yeah, that
2: yeah.
0: Um, thank you Phil for the backup <laughs> this is yeah this is real cool I, I didn't necessarily love like there's some you, Roman do you know this gang of folks hanging out in a lead tube and whoever <laughs> whoever Mister Strong I do have is, a lot of friends hanging out who in Mr. Strong
1: tubes. is? Um, I don't, I was wondering about that, and, and when they first show this guy, I was like, can Superman hear this dude with all these screens spying on him? But, no, these people are all new to me, this, I wasn't sure if this mansion is in Metropolis or Chicago or whatever, introduces this new character, Red Cloud.
0: And the big thing that they're teasing in the back of DC issues is like, who is the Red Cloud? And it has four options, Lois Lane, Melody Moore, Robinson Good, or Trish Q. Um, who are all people from this book? It's probably none of those people. It's probably none of those people. But I liked the difference in personality of them. I love obviously Lois Lane. This final page woman does look like Lois Lane. Yeah, I, at first I thought it was Trish Q, but the hair's all wrong. And Trish wears glasses, oh, yeah, and, and got she got has glasses. a different nose. I compared the noses, and this one has a pointy nose, whereas Trish had a curved nose. That is a goth
1: Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's got to be Chicago. That that's a famous real building. So Lois is in Chicago,
0: and she's right. Maybe it's Ro- Lois
1: there. Red and Lois Blue. Lois Blues in space. Oh, for fuck's sake!
0: <laughs> so, this seems to be—I don't know. There's a lot of Superman being Clark Kent in this, and I liked that. And Except
2: on the cover, where it's Superman well, literally destroying Clark Kent's shirt. Like, yeah, yeah that's no not respect. going back he's together. He's probably got a lot of those shirts, right. but he's also dropping his cell
1: phone and his press pass, everything. Sloppy Kent. Yeah, somebody's going to find those and put two and two together and be like, "Hey, Clark Kent's Superman." And he's got to get Bruce Wayne to pose as Clark and blah blah blah.
0: I, the this is a really great creative team, and I wouldn't have known that because they never worked together, as far as I know. And <clears throat> I, I'm just I much preferred this one to the Superman first issue, even though the cover I think is much worse.
2: Plus, it's got a Dan Didio cameo
0: oh right that was in this one there's the page of him at some point they say that the person who claimed that Superman was lighting the fires is a bald guy so there's just a shot of Superman trying to think of all of the bald people he's he's met and one of them is Dan DiDio one is Bendis himself you got parasite
2: dude with a footprint in his face maybe clay yeah it was like
1: has was he in an earlier issue got stomped on by somebody
2: I don't know, but I that's, is, that's from, my,
1: is he from Dark Knight Returns?
2: That's my next Halloween costume. <laughs> what do you guys give it? Uh, an eight. I give
0: this one an eight. I, I, or an eight? Yeah, an eight. It's it's really really pretty and very very uh, it's good. I love Bendis. It just goes. Hey, it goes down smooth every time. I didn't read it, so I'm not going to vote. You said I it mean was, right.
1: You said it was good.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. Robinson, good. Oh, that's a good uh-huh. that's a good that's a Robinson good little tie into the issue you just did there. Thank you. I'll give it an eight.
2: The Ocho. <laughs> Ocho bros. <laughs> Ocho
0: bros. Um Django, can we can we talk about a thing that I know that you were into this week? Yeah. Yeah, do we have time? Oh yeah, we got time. All right. What is it? Amazing Spider Man number two. Oh,
2: the one by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley with uh What's his name? Cliff Rathburn, Cliff Rathburn Cliff Rathburn. and Laura Martin coloring it. Yeah. What do you want to talk about?
0: All of the things that you liked about it. Oh, that'd be a quick conversation. <laughs> so that is my impression. Uh, I, liked,
2: I liked the way that the ring man, what is, what's his name? Ring guy? The ringer. The ringer's uh, uh, the powers ringster. seem to work. And how he's basically wearing the uh, the dark Batman Joker, the, the Batman who laughs mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked the... Uh, the very last page. And there was very one other page. shot of Spider-Man on the second to last page where he's standing there after he beats the two bad yeah. guys. And I like that a lot. Other than that, eh. So you do like the art in it? I like the art quite a bit. In, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like I like Ryan Otley a lot. I generally like Nick Spencer, but this just, man, I just don't have a lot of good things to say about the plot or the, the way he's telling the story. It seems really... Really vanilla to me. I would have liked it more if it was a first issue, maybe. <laughs> but it, like, seriously, this is this is just seems like expanded versions of some of the pages from the first issue, and not not in a way that really grabbed me.
0: I, it yeah. is, yeah, still pretty early in the series, so there there t- does seem to be like a lot of uh, slow sort of expositioning stuff.
2: But we know yeah. who the fuck Spider Man is. Yeah, it's Peter Parker. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> so they trick us in the end and Peter Parker and Spider Man are face to face. Yeah,
0: I liked that. I liked that. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. This one went kinda it went down kinda like a Bendis book for me. It was inoffensive. It wasn't poorly done to me. I liked the art a lot. I liked it. I liked the Kurt Connor stuff. I like I really liked the MJ and him stuff. Mm. I I love the art. Taskmaster, I like a lot. What a great costume. Their dialogue really Their their dialogue was for me. Their Terrible. dialogue was rough. It, it, I think Nick Spencer is a, a better writer than this, so yes. I, I yeah. have to kind of think he's getting his footing on this. I think it's in the same way that Man of Steel, I feel like, took a good like four issues before Bendis. I feel like there was just a moment where things clicked. Yeah. I'm hoping that's going to happen here, because I do agree. I think the writing is not the strong part. But I really like the art and I while I think the actual writing isn't that great, I really like the general plot of it, which is to me finally like a Spider Man book. What is the plot? Um, a whole bunch of like horrible stuff happened to Peter, which is classic Spider-Man stuff, mm-hmm. and it's basically undone a huge portion of the last 10 years of Spider-Man writing. Right, And you can see there's a really clear intention to try and get Spider-Man back to being a more youthful character by putting him in a student situation, by putting him back with his original, well, second romance, um, by befriending Kurt Connors again, by clearly going back to a clone era thing. <clears throat> I like that. I don't like seeing Peter is a person of, like, power or confidence or in charge or being brilliant. I really like, and I really like the sort of idea of everything's falling apart, but he's just happy as a clam because uh, he's back with MJ. I really like sort of that romance stuff. That's a, that's a thing I like.
2: Yeah, I just kept thinking, man. Bull. Why do you, what'd you say?
0: Man bull? Man bull. You have so many better ones than he that. He caught
2: Daredevil. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> bull. I just kept thinking, like, Pete, do you like? Do you want to feel like that again?
0: Yeah, I I kept being like, man, are we just gonna realize that you can't be in a relationship because she doesn't like you being Spider Man? Like, are we gonna break
2: up again? Yeah, and you're a dummy. If that, like, if that, if there's even a a whiff of that, he's, he's. I don't know. I also tend to write people off if they if they make me feel bad. Right, and and I I I I do talk to him ever again. I do too. Um, um this, this seems to be like Man of Steel in that
0: it's a they're building a really c- a good for me jumping off point for a story. And I don't feel yeah. like we're in that story yet, and I think it has every ability to go in the direction of a story I don't care about. At the end we see maybe a clone's Peter or something else, or maybe it was not actually Peter that became a Spider Man or 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 well, something. No, it's,
1: it's that device that Connors was using it it split him in two. Oh, it's split him in two? That's what I'm thinking, because, yeah, that's what the device is supposed to do. It's supposed to... It's said somewhere in here. Some Separate.
0: Dialogue. Yeah. So maybe there'll be, like, the Peter and they will be the Spider-Man now? Maybe. And
2: why... No, well, sure. Then why is Pete happy at the end? That seems like I'd be shitting my pants.
0: The vibe I got was that, like, now we have this Peter who maybe doesn't even know he's Spider-Man or doesn't... I I don't know, but what I don't want to see is like oh then he starts dating Mary Jane, and what I don't want is a story of Spider Man having his life taken by a doppelganger version oh, of himself. Right. Like, Hi Steve. So, like there is a there's opportunity for this story to become a thing that I don't like, but it has not uh, trespassed yet, and therefore does not need to beg forgiveness. I in do. Its nightly prayers.
2: Really like that they use that machine from the old comics. Like that, I never really considered how iconic the machine that radioactivized the spider that that turned Peter into a superhero. You immediately recognize it. it Click.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I I had had the same problem as you did, Django, where a lot of it, and Nick Spencer, like his Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, great Mm -hmm. series. And I'm kind of, so far I'm a little disappointed that it's not as funny and clever as that series. It's even got one of the same characters, Boomerang. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of this was pretty weak. I felt like Some of the Spider-Man's quips and stuff was a little forced. I agree. Um, It actually ticked me off about Taskmaster because I was like, wow, he's just using Taskmaster as like a comic foil. And this guy was he was Marvel's Deathstroke before Deadpool ever showed up. Because mm-hmm. Taskmaster, he took on the whole Avengers. I mean, he can see somebody do something and then imitate their ability, their natural ability.
0: Unfortunately, that's kind of what, like, I think Nick Spencer's big familiarity with Spider-Man is: is like he wrote Superior Foes and then Deadly Foes, and like it's sort of like a mildly quippy comic version of a bunch of Spider-Man villains together. Yeah. So like that's what this Taskmaster. Which I, I, yeah, which like I to wish me. he had
1: used a different villain then instead of Taskmaster. Yeah. And that I wish his Spider-Man was as funny as like his boomerang. Yeah. he should be
0: yeah I liked his spider-man voice more in the first issue than this one
1: yeah I liked it's funny I like the art better in this issue but I like the writing better in the first issue and I didn't like and this kind of prematurely segues into Justice League Dark but I didn't like in how the lizard how Kirk Connors is able to control the lizard now that's fine but he's like turning into him in front of a class and that just seems silly to me and the same thing happens with Man-Bat and Justice League Dark. I'm like, oh, come on. I don't want to see these monsters being just regular dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I I I could get down with that. I did really like how understanding of Peter Kurt was. He used like, well, like the plagiarism that. thing and he's like, "Listen, you've been there for me through all of this stuff, whatever happened or didn't mm-hmm. happen. I'm sure there's more to the story than what's being presented." I really liked the the earnestness of that relationship showing through
1: i do i do like that yeah and i like and joe robertson did the same thing in the previous issue talking to peter's like then you know i have to let you go because that's business but you know i know there's more
2: to this story does kurt know that peter's spider-man not now and i have
0: to it doesn't seem like now and i have to imagine that's because of whatever magic happened to erase everyone's memory that spider-man has been had been unmasked you know 10 or 15 years ago
2: right
1: yeah and i like the new situation he's in the new problem kind of about the plagiarism. I'm not sure how I feel about him being back in school. I like the fact that him and Mary Jane are together again. Mm
2: -hmm. I gave it a four. Yeah. Also I'm gonna read the next issue, so like I I don't mean to send mixed messages, but that's I I really want to like it mostly because I really like the art and also because Nick Spencer has written some of my favorite comics. Like the fix is really, really good. And maybe he just maybe he works better for me when he's writing bad guys. Yeah. yeah. He seems to be real good. It at that. fixes all bad guys yeah. and they're really funny kind of dipshits.
1: Yeah. Oh, and this sequence here, one really clever thing, Spider-Man hits black ant with his webbing before the black ant shrinks. So then he shrinks down, but he's still stuck to the webbing. Yeah, I like so that a lot. I, I really like that Peter did that.
0: So there's I do think there's some clever stuff going on. I give it a uh seven point five. I like it quite a bit. I don't I don't really have any complaints about it.
1: I will give it a six point five.
2: Mmm. I guess I just didn't I don't know.
0: As I was reading books this <clears> week, and like I was I know that you had, you know, enjoyed Multiple Man in Amount and uh, I forget what the other one that I was reading going into it, and I was like, I get like I I get it. It was maybe like Fantastic Four, Marvel Two and rather, but I was like, I can I get that Django doesn't love this pocket of comic books. Like it's it's way more superhero-y than DC even though DC is obviously still very superhero, but there's like a there's a there's a superheroiness for the sake of superheroiness yeah. in Marvel. And and I really dig that, but I like I like you like crime and you like noir things and detective stories, and I can totally see that like
2: I also hardly read any DC universe stuff. Like I'm reading Justice League and I read a good amount of Batman, but I don't read I wouldn't be reading Superman if we weren't talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. I don't read Flash. I don't read Green Lantern. I don't, like, most of the superhero universe stuff I pretty much avoid. And it's partly because at this point there's just kind of an overwhelming number of little tiny plot lines and, and twists. And does does the lizard know that Peter Parker's Spider-Man? Fuck, I don't know. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And, and i am not I'm not equipped to keep up with that stuff. Because I also like reading all these little single universe, like, compact stories that, that come out from not Marvel and DC. Yeah, I mean, I, that makes total sense to me. I, I, most of the time, I don't really have a problem with that stuff. The Spider-Man one just, it it's, I guess what it is, is that, that this Spider-Man series so far seems to me like it would be perfectly fine on the all-ages shelf. And I don't mean, like, the seven-plus shelf. I mean... Give this to a three-year-old, and he's going to dig it just as much as the seven-year-old, just as much as the 35-year-old who's picking up comics for the first time in 15 years. Yeah, I would
0: agree that and
2: it, I think it's totally okay for those ages. I don't think that that's a bad thing, but on this one, man, I'm rating it for how much Daddy liked it. <laughs> Raw Daddy. Raw. Craw Daddy. Oh, Phil, is, Phil is loving that over Curiously there. Seriously scribbling. <laughs> I just saw him. He wrote down Craw Daddy. He loves it. He
0: loves it. Um, <clears throat> listen... Let's talk for a second about a huge thing that happens. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. We're going to talk about Saga 54, even though Django's the only one who's read it. Marco dies. I
1: flipped through it and saw that scene.
0: Wow. I also (laughs) flipped through it. I wanted to stress the spoiler thing a little bit more. Um, This is a big deal. This is a book that's close to a lot of people's hearts. And this is a pretty insane change that was made to it. But Django, what
2: happens in this issue? Marco dies in the end. Last page. Well... Two from the end. It definitely seems like he dies. He, he dies. And then we have two white pages to mirror the black pages that the last uh, uh, trade paper back ended on. Yeah. I give it an eight. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, so other things that we learned in this issue is that Saga is going to go on hiatus for a year. Uh-huh. That's pretty crazy.
2: And that uh, Brian K. Vaughn recommends that you read a very specific comic while you're waiting for them to come back. And that comic is...
0: Uh, Snagglepuss, even though it's over.
2: Exit stage left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles yeah. by Mark Russell.
0: Or anything he's writing.
2: Yeah. Which is uh, Judge Dredd, which I read this week.
0: And yeah. then it is...
2: Something cool, right?
0: <sighs> no, it's The Lone Ranger.
2: Oh, yeah. Hey, the Lone Ranger's
0: cool. <laughs> yeah, I read the shit I mean. out of that. By Mark Russell, it's cool. D- well, I mean, how, what are your feelings on Saga at this point? How do you feel about Marco dying? How do you feel about Howie died? Howie I...
1: died? Not Howie.
2: Oh, Howie. It's just Howie.
1: <laughs> I, uh,
2: I don't know, man. I really respect Saga for being just kind of a powerhouse in the comic book world right now. Uh, I think it's every issue is compelling, but it's almost like junk food for me at this point. And I'm sure I wouldn't feel like that if I just sat down and read a bunch of trades in a row or really focused on it. But... Um, I don't bother worrying about what happened in the previous issue because I know that it's, it's going to catch me up, but they're going to, they're going to lead me through it. It's, it's really easy reading. Um,
0: I think the whole, I get it. it, the whole thing makes a lot of sense to me to do it and to do it in this way. Like I, I get that. Yeah. Um, that's a nice sort of mirroring of his life and death in the first and last page. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes sense to take a year off. Things have probably gotten a little bit stagnant just from a publication standpoint. They're always so on point. Three months off, six months on. Three months off, six months on. Um, their lives are probably mostly about this book. Fiona's only really only able to do covers outside of this. Yeah. Um, so I I get I get doing it. I I I'm a trade behind on this book, uh, and I, you know, just, you know, probably shouldn't have spoiled myself, but whatever.
2: Uh, it's just gonna make it more better.
0: I would like to see him come back. I think he'll probably come back. I think he's going to come back at some point in the story, maybe near the end. I mean, they brought the will back. They brought the will back, and and kind of ineffective for the most part until he 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 kills Marco. Yeah, and people were talking about does this book have an ending inside? And he's like, well, it's sort of the story of my own family. So I hope not. And that was his response. Um, So I hope that his family life is all right.
2: Yeah. Well, this. I mean, this one is all about the beginning of it's all about uh, how Marco's dad used to abuse him. Like, that's that's the overlay, the, the text that uh, hmm. you're hearing from the little girl while he's fighting the will. And I thought that was... We spent time with him earlier in the
0: series. He didn't seem like an abuser.
2: His dad? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also... Yeah, this this is actually a really good comic. There's a lot more happens than just Marco dying. There's a really good fight scene between the Will and Marco. And the Will's weapon misfires and he loses a big chunk of his hand. And I thought that was a really interesting mm-hmm. kind of... That Marco is screwed. Yeah. And then, then the Will is kind of screwed. He's missing some fingers now. And uh, there's a nice parenting scene flashback right before we know for sure that Marco's dead. And I liked... I like that a lot. Like, his daughter says, I don't want to have babies. He's like, oh, you don't have to decide right now. And she's like, no. Like, I seriously don't want to have babies. And he's, you know, he, he kind of has to... There's a thing that happens when you're a parent where your kid will say something, and you're like, well, fuck, I wasn't ready to deal with this yet. And I guess I'll just do this one on the fly. <laughs> Sometimes you get it right, and sometimes you feel like a big old dumbass, and you say the wrong thing, and you know who knows if it messes up your kid up for days or for the rest of their life. <laughs> right? No. I, thought, I thought the way he dealt with this was pretty good. <laughs> hmm. And this, he says that it's going to be a total uh, issue count higher than X Machina and Why the Last Man Put Together. Wow. We've heard that comics are going to go on for a really long time killer be before killed. Killer Be Killed. And injection. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got a big plan. So, Roman, what Whoa, is on man. your mind?
1: Um, actually, I was wondering where my knife is. <laughs> oh, I know where your knife is. <laughs> um, and, then I was thinking about, and then I was thinking about Akara because mm. I've never read it. And it's great. This really is the pretty. way
0: to do it. These issues, in I have color. almost all of them in, in color. I in color.
2: I'm going to give it an 8. I, th- I think it's a really well-written comic, and... You know, I'll be back. I like the series. year. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, it's crazy. It gives them enough to uh, put out a third hardcover. So mm-hmm. my guess is like October, November, we're going to get a ninth trade paper back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to get that third hardcover out in time for Christmas, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 Phil? We have a... Oh, yeah. Phil says we do. Oh... Should we listen to it? We got it. Phil, Let's can listen. we roll it? Roll no, it. Phil, just hit the button and roll it, Phil.
0: Phil! Hi guys, it's Dino. You guys are the best of what you do. Awesome. Uh, two things. First, X23 number two, I give two, exuberant claws up. I'm really <laughs> liking the series. Did you guys see Penny of goes to the Pelican statue? Because I did. He's in one of the panels, so you gotta look for him. Uh, I also like how Laura and Gabby have a cameo on Mr. and Mrs. X, number one. If you guys talk about that, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, the second thing, and the main reason I'm calling, is this. You know, with the new Halloween movie coming out, it made me think of the possible best and worst team-up books.
2: So, Jeff, get the clock ready, because you guys are going to have to give elevator pitches for the best plots you can think of. First... Roman, give me your best plot for Chucky from Child's Play versus Plastic Man. Jago, you get Freddy Krueger versus The Shadow. And Jeff, you get Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers teaming up against
0: Batman. Good luck. Holy Bye. shit. Jesus, Dino. That is wow. a very <laughs> difficult pitch. I have to think about
2: Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees were mine. Yeah, versus Batman. Okay. But, I mean, Roman has uh, Chucky from Child's Play versus Plastic Man. Uh, You got the clock set? I am going to have a way harder (laughs) time with this than last week. (laughs) I
0: don't know anything about these movies. Not really. really. Roman, (laughs) Plastic Man and Chucky. This might be the end of the uh, (laughs) elevator pitch round. Go.
1: Wow, Dino. um, Impressive. Uh, Okay. Well, I hate Chucky. I absolutely hate him. He's, I, oh, fuck. So I want to see the little guy Die horribly. Plastic Man goes into him. Chucky's like doing his little nice thing and looking all evil. Plastic Man um, goes down his throat, tries to expand himself to just like splinter Chucky and explode him from within. But Chucky's like evil, mystical, satanic, something or another, so it doesn't work. Um, Chucky's taking over Plastic Man, and then Chucky starts stretching too. Um, and, and Chucky's trying to stab himself and stab Plastic Man that's inside him. Plastic Man's oozing out of his eyes and his mouth and his nose um, and maybe other places um, until he finally gets out enough, and then he's enveloped. does the opposite thing and envelops Chucky and tries to crush him to
0: death. <laughs> Holy shit, you're and, only at 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> he's crushing him, he's crushing him, but then you hear
1: this evil little Chucky laugh and question mark.
0: So what do you want to do with your 30 seconds after that?
1: I thought I was almost done. Who's going to
0: play Plastic Man? <laughs> what?
1: Who plays Plastic Man? Oh, it's going to be the voice of uh, uh, Bruce Campbell, of course. It's an animated feature. Well, no, but Bruce is <laughs> Bruce is too old now to play Plastic Man convincingly, like physically. So it has to be his voice and somebody else playing Plastic Man. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, God, I don't know. I don't know the young actors well enough to know who could play Plastic Man convincingly.
2: Okay, I think, I think the elevator. Uh, the the guy already got off the elevator before you were. Yeah, so here, <clears throat>
0: here, elevator pitches, a minute and a half is scary as fuck. So we're going to do minute-long elevator pitches.
2: <laughs> okay. Hang on. Can I just say that I think my favorite tone of voice for the night, like if we're giving out awards for yeah. tone of voice, uh, my, my favorite was Jeff just now when he said, it's an animated feature. <laughs> <laughs> so Django, I'm pretty nervous about this.
0: Um, Freddie Krueger and Jason Voorhees. So I'm pretty nervous about it, so I think I might just go for it. go. Okay, so Jason Voorhees is dead because that's what he always does. He dies. He do die, and then he comes back to the life world. (laughs) And as he's in Deadland, he keeps having these nightmares (coughs) of a horrible, scary um, bat figure And uh, Freddy Krueger is in his spooky nightmare world. (laughs) And so
2: he... Mike Myers. Oh, fuck. I got Freddy Krueger.
0: Oh, fuck. Well, there goes the whole nightmare story I was having. (laughs) I
2: said Freddy Krueger several times. Okay, so
0: Jason Voorhees and... jason no fuck mike myers. mike myers are both in a church and batman is there and he's dressed up as a nun and all of the sudden they realize as soon as they're getting their asses kicked by a nun that it's actually batman undercover. that's my elevator pitch and what are you gonna do
1: Definitely, I would go see that.
0: Yeah. Undercover Batman. We got it.
1: I was confused, because there's already been a Freddy versus Jason movie.
0: Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. I like the elevator pitches. Holy shit, though. you got to keep it more in the realm of comic books, because you just entered no, a world yeah, that we yeah. don't know nothing
1: about. Yeah, except after, for, after I heard Plasma and Chucky, I, could, I didn't even hear what your guys' were, because so I was
0: like, uh. Yeah. So, Django, you're Freddy Krueger and... The shadow. Okay. So at least he gave us characters we like.
2: Um, all right, go. All right. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, the reason that Freddy Krueger is able to traverse your dreams in the creepy way that he is, and the reason that he's so proficient with the knives on his hands, because that always seemed like kind of a weird, not a very practical thing Certainly to not. me. Um, he actually studied in Shambhala with the shadow. Okay, this
0: is off to a very with, good start. With the
2: Shadow's, with the shadows mentors, um, but it was kind of a splinter branch of the Shambhala Paladins that trained the Shadow. And so now, Freddy Krueger lives on Elm Street, and the Shadow has, also on has got him on his radar. <laughs> no, no, no. Lamont Cranston lives on, on streets with no less than three syllables each. Um And so it's basically uh, a battle in the dreamscape, dream world, uh, where the shadow is kind of off balance and Freddy Krueger is not. I can just
1: picture, there's got to be at least
2: one scene in there where the shadow's
1: scarf is actually Freddy.
2: Where his squafe is. Oh, God, they both have scarves, don't they?
0: Yeah. Missed opportunity.
2: Mm, hey totally. guys,
0: that was the most I've ever felt like I didn't
2: belong on my own podcast. <laughs> oh, it was great. Job. It was really good. You you, uh, you brought it all back to an undercover, an undercover yeah, Batman. That, that was nice. Oh wait, Freddie doesn't have a scarf. He has the red Flat. black, the sweater, sweater. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's obviously cold. Maybe the shadow just ends up loaning him his scarf in order to uh, warm him up, and he turns into a nice guy. A scarf,
0: Swifter. <laughs> Freddie's like, oh, that's sweet. Oh, guys, we've
2: meandered pretty far
0: from home, but we're just about there. I, we, did that replace our
2: buckshots? I was just about to ask
1: that. Yeah, sure, I don't have much to say on my buckshots anyway.
0: Uh, I just, I guess in that <laughs> case, I have one thing to mention. Um, I liked Venom a lot, and I think that Donny Case did a really interesting job of tying the Venom symbiote mythos into Jason Aaron's God of Thunder Thor miniseries from way back when when Gore the God Butcher had this weird black tar that he was using to slay gods Uh, makes sense that maybe that was a symbiote so that's pretty cool and um, Infinity Wars Prime number one by Duggan and Diodato
2: they killed Thanos so that happened and that's all that that seems to contradict something that we've been reading Thanos wins oh yeah it was that it was that book that everybody loved
0: yeah well, Gary Duggan, who is a clearly a more high profile writer. What?
2: He just killed fucking Thanos. Thanos.
0: What does
1: that contradict though?
2: Uh the future Thanos fighting baby Thanos and making the cosmic ghost rider? Don't s- worry
1: about Thanos' die before he'll be back. Yeah, and Time well, yeah, for all that. But that's the thing.
2: Like no, Well, no 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 no, that's no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Because again, I love time travel, so no. <laughs> The Thanos continuity that would have created the King Thanos was immediately corrupted as soon as King Thanos came back in time and brought that present day Thanos to the future so that original timeline could have no longer ever happened so now we've been brought back to a new timeline where a new timeline continuity for young Thanos
2: is it a timeline where the Infinity War movie has an ending or is it a timeline where within a year we have to have Thanos comic books again because the next part of that movie is coming out
0: uh, depends. Are they already filming the sequel? They must be. Spider Man's in it. Black Panther's in it.
2: Hmm.
0: Thanos is alive in it. It's all the same universe. That was a bad bit. Well, I'll get rid of that. Thank God. Sorry if I fell on my face there. Justice League Dark, I, I, number one.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I li- kind of like this little if we each say like
2: one or two, like yeah. couple of sentences. It's a mini, mini buckshot. I call it a butt shot. Do I get oh, a butt shot? Yeah, please, please <laughs> get a, um, butt sh- a butt shot. I read The Doomsday Clock, number six. It was it was a nice little history of Harlequin. Harlequin is that her name? Marionette. Harlequin. Marionette. Heineken. And uh, and her buddy. I, not my favorite issue. I I really wish this was coming out a little bit faster. The art stepped it up from the last issue, which I think is good. And if if they're taking the longer longer time to put things out because of the art, okay, I guess. But uh, not my favorite issue. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in the Teen Titans appearance of Crush Lobo's daughter. Partly because when they talk about it, all the other heroes, they're like, oh, this is so-and-so. This is their power. This is so-and-so. This is their power. This is Crush, Lobo's daughter. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Like, you didn't even work on the character design. You just and this showed Aaron, Lobo's belly. Derek's wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Walk Through Hell was a nice change of, uh, of story. It's, it's more about the detective, like the, the horror in real life than it is about the horror in their their horrible situation. And everybody should at least stand in the store and flip through the first six pages of the DC's Beach Blanket Bad Guys Summer Special because there's some real nice art in there. Mm
0: -hmm. Roman, anything you want to talk about for a second?
2: Just for Yeah, Judge Dredd,
1: Under Siege number three, fun Mark Russell book, The Best Thing About This Issue, which was a huge surprise, adds to the mythos. Apparently, Judge Dredd was really good at tetherball in the academy.
2: Oh hell and yeah! And the way we find that out is pretty cool. That seems like a Mark Russell thing. My favorite part yeah. of that book, and it, it was in the first or the second issue, and maybe even the first one too. They're holed up in this little part of the Patrick Swayze Block Mall, and they're in the food court, I think. And they're the whole battle is taking place in front of a store called Airsat's Meats. It's like the guy's name was Airsat. And
1: it's a vegan store.
2: Yeah, it's a vegan store. It's, a, yeah, it's, vegan <laughs> store. it's like, like, I don't know. I, I'm just like, <laughs> wow, man. Man, I've never seen you just like be excited to say something and just stop. <laughs> I realized I can't really define airsats very well. It's its like uh, like makeshift, I guess. Yeah,
1: isn't it? Like makeshift, kind of fake, but not... It's a bad substitution.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love the idea that that's someone's last name and they use it to, to make a meat store. I don't know. That does, I, that does crack me up
1: whenever you see the sign in the background.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> classic Mark Russell. That's what yeah. he does yeah.
0: so well. Yeah. yeah. So Justice League Dark. Justice Justin's League, League Dark. Dark. Justin's League Dark. Um, it sounds like by some miraculous twist of fate, I liked this more than anybody I've talked to, which is bizarre.
2: <laughs> Maybe you were just in a better mood when you read all your comics this week.
0: I read it over two days. I was in a, I was in a weird space when I read this <laughs> one. It was the first one I read. I read it in a parking lot waiting to go into therapy, actually. Wow. So this is Jimmy T. IV, and the art is done by, uh, Alvaro Martinez Bueno, and, uh, inks by bueno. Raul Fernandez and Brad Anderson. This issue basically establishes a new Justice League dark team for a reason, and Wonder Woman's going around trying to recruit it uh, from the fallout of the No Justice series, and there's a secret Justice League dark magic headquarters beneath the Hall of Justice, and nobody wants to join it.
2: And Swamp Thing looks more like a biker than he has before? I kind of thought he looked like Jesus. I thought he looked kind
1: of Rastafarian.
2: Wow. Wow. I guess that says a lot about each of us. <laughs> it does.
0: It does. Although I can see both of those that you're talking about. He's got about, the Rasta hair. so I get that. And I don't know these characters super, super well. There was some like disturbing art stuff, like when this hand shoots, like the, the mouth shoots further off the body. Dude, that was the, very yeah, gross.
2: That that mouth come, and you saw that mouth on an earlier right. page, and I was disappointed that we didn't see it in the morgue, and then we really see it way up close in the morgue. Disturbing. And it's disturbing. It's It's awful. It's like somebody's, it's like, like somebody had an alien mouth made out of their regular mouth and it's gross. And, and So this mm.
0: book is a corner of the DC universe, a corner and characters that I don't know a lot about nor do I care a ton about and I did find myself enjoying them very much. Um, what happened that was strange is they show up at the Justice League Dark headquarters way beneath the ground and nobody will join one woman's team except for she gets Bobo, the mystery detective chimp, to show up with her, and Kirk Langstrom shows up, and he has been there just doing science for him. The first panel that he's drawn in, he looks like a kid, (laughs) so I got really excited, like, look at this charming, funny, he's cute, he's excited, and then when you find out on like the next page or whatever, or no, halfway down the page, that that's Kirk Manbat, I got disappointed, because I really liked the voice, Yeah, and I really liked the idea of there being this sort of funny, cute, sympathetic... It's very cute, and what it is is it feels like it's written sort of like Clayface in the Detective Comics run that he just finished, Mm -hmm. and I became fairly sure that he's going to kill off Man Bat at some point in the next fifteen issues of the series because that seems to be what Jimmy Tiv does.
2: I just really like Man Bat and specifically Kirk as a bummed out kind of tortured soul. Yeah, and this goofy. I mean, honestly, he. This, this is probably rude, but he looks like a circus midget you know, with a with a bat head on and two or three of these panels. Like he's tiny. He, his body like, is drawn like a child's body. Yeah, he he looks, he he looks, not like I would think Kirk Langstrom has ever looked in the history of DC Comics.
0: And I guess that. I really liked the character, and I would love. It doesn't seem like it's related to Kirk Langstrom. Doesn't need to be him at all. If they could just not have that be him, that would be great. Because I this like is the character. Kurt Langstrom. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's it's that's a weird. That was a mm-hmm. weird bit of connection and disconnection for me.
2: Uh, what did you think of the characterization of John Constantine?
0: Um, I thought nothing of it at all because I don't know that character and this could have been spot on or it could have been the most incorrect in- interpretation of him and I just
2: wouldn't really have known. It seemed like a cover song of John. Like the, the very first time you see him he's lighting a cigarette and when I saw that I was like, man. Show me the that's, tattoo. That's a, yeah, that's like a, that's a weird Constantine trope. I, I guess it's Constantine trope. Constantine-tyne. Teen from Teenie-tine. Vertigo. Teeny-tyne. Time from DC.
0: I, as I read that, I was like, "Oh, Django!" I, I looking at it, I was like, "Django will know this better than me."
2: Put him in a fucking tan trench coat.
0: That's
1: I what like I that say. they put
0: him that, in a tank top.
1: Th- yeah, that was <laughs> weird when it does show him. I was like, "Why is he dressed like that?"
2: I actually skipped ahead a few panels to see if his black suit jacket went below his butt. It doesn't. Yeah, it's bullshit. Hmm. Yeah. What was what was that face, Jeff? Um, it was.
0: Breathing in through my nose to taste the alcohol in my mouth and also then realizing, I need to pee. <laughs> so it was a sort of one, it was like a twofer. It was a little double up spatial yeah, expression.
1: Yeah, a lot of the characters in this seemed off. I mean, maybe not Wonder Woman, but yeah, I had the same thing with Man Bat where that first panel, he looks so so monstrously cute and happy. And yeah, I prefer Man Bat being a tragic, tortured figure. And I wish they had just
2: made this in a different as a different character. Are you guys okay with Wonder Woman kind of being in charge of the mystical Justice League things? It, that seemed a little weird to me.
0: Well I, they kind I, of explained mythology, yeah. I guess, that you can make it I of. am
2: though I'd be
1: more okay with it if she still had her original origin where she was created out of the clay of the right. beach and a magic origin and she doesn't have that anymore. So I'm not quite sure why unless wasn't Team Wonder a different team in No Justice?
2: I don't know. I, I stopped reading No Justice. Okay, because this all spins out of that. Detec- I don't know, it just, it De- just seemed a little bit weird because she's, she's kind of a punch him up. Yeah. Detective and- Chimp
1: seemed in character. I, I had a problem with Satana, the problem I have with her. In in most comics, she shows up with um, that I think that – I don't know if it was Mark Wade or Grant Morrison, one of them had said in one of their runs on JLA that <clears throat> I think he didn't like using her because – She's such a well she's such a challenge for writers because she can do anything. There's never really been any limits put on her as long as she can
0: say something backwards, it happens. Which is a gimmick that I love. Yeah. I frankly get excited every yeah, time oh, I yeah. see words written backwards. Yeah,
1: and, and I, yeah, and I like that. Good but to then know. but then when writers don't use that very well And yeah, we got the excuse in here that magic is broken, apparently. That
0: is... I am so done with magic is broken. Jenga's doing a double-fisted
1: master I know, and it doesn't make any sense at the beginning of this. She's still doing her stage show, but as happens here, it goes wrong. So why is she being irresponsible in using her magic when magic is broken?
0: That's been the big (laughs) storyline in Marvel two times in the last year. We don't need it here, too.
1: And even her spells (laughs) seem so amateurish for her because... I guess if magic wasn't broken, you know, she can just say something like, monster disappear. Problem's over. Superman, dead. I mean, she could do anything. And it always bugs me when writers don't figure out ways to show that and then get around it. I mean, apparently, if you can make it so she can't even whisper, then she's powerless.
0: So what I think about Jimmy T.I.V. is that I think he's really good at conceptualizing characters And setting up character dynamics and relationships within those characters. I think that he's really good at that. But what I don't necessarily... I think that he creates those characters and those dynamics, and then he can sort of like, you know, like, all right, that one will be Wonder Woman, and this one will be... Like, it seems like those dynamics in the story he wants to tell is a little bit separate from the characters that he's using, and then he sort of makes the characters that already exist be those people, and that works well because you've got complex characters and complex character relationships, but it doesn't necessarily always translate to feeling like that's an accurate voice for the character. Mm-hmm. It's right for the story that he's telling, but it might not be super loyal to how they've been written in the past. And that that <gasps> seemed true in this one. There were elements of that that seemed true in Detective Comics. But, I mean, I know, like, Braden loved that Detective Comics run, um, so I would be interested to hear what Brayden thinks of this issue... I didn't I, I did like I loved the scene in the bar with the ape talking to one woman I thought that was a great scene. He's a chimp. chimp. Sorry. I thought ape <laughs> was an u- umbrella term. Uh, Detective Br- Braden would have been pissed if I made the wrong chimp ape.
1: <laughs> comment. No, that that, would... that was a good scene. I like the fact that he's now Nightmaster. Because His friend got killed, and
0: I love that conversation about yeah. that. And that nobody wants to follow him. I love the skeleton of this giant dragon.
1: I know, I want to, and I have the same. I'm glad he had Detective Chimp ask the question that all the readers are then wondering. I was wondering, it's like they just built this Hall of Justice like within the last what six months, Collins' right. time. How did they do all this?
0: Batman, yeah. yeah. I really liked, <laughs> I really did like the Kirk Langstrom character. If it weren't Kirk Langstrom, right? And it's that sort of you know, classic Jimmy Tiv, deeply sympathetic character. Perfect. Like, they're cute and feel
2: bad for him. Perfect shot for him to make his own character.
0: Yeah,
1: Oh,
2: yeah, right. Like, would have been. Yeah, could be a misfit man bat.
0: But I think you need, if you're going to make a team book, you need to sort of you all need right that these draw
1: of char- Kirk right. right. Well, yeah, yeah exa- no, I agree. <laughs> I do like this look for Swap Thing because you know, since he can do grow anything, I like him looking different sometimes.
2: I like that she found that eyeball in the pot and <laughs> yeah went to his, his
1: world and threw it at him. This is I'd... a beautiful shot of Swamp Thing looking at the, the Tree of
0: Wonder. It's a gorgeous shot. And they comment on how beautiful it is, but how horrible it is. Yeah. I I didn't like the final page of like, oh, Wonder Woman and, you know, Chimp Ape Boy are having a hard time and then out of nowhere, Swamp Thing is trying to show up and everything is broken. It's all worse than we thought. We're going One of us is going to be the problem. That's like, I don't care about that. Um, but I do think I'm going to read the
2: next issue. So what do you give it? There's for me, there's a lot of, I didn't enjoy reading this at all, but (laughs) as we're going through it, I realized that I liked a lot of little bits of it. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was kind of a chore to get through it. It was a lot of words and a lot of characters that I'm not really familiar with and don't really care about that
0: is a lot of how I felt about the detective comics run which had some really great moments but it was always a little bit hard to get through and there was as many moments that I didn't care about as there were moments I really liked so he's able to really really do great work sometimes um, but it it also does seem to have elements of parts where I'm just like okay this is a little bit of a slog to get through yeah like I,
1: I really loved what he did with Clayface in that series and I'll be curious if he tries to imitate that with Manbat because I just don't see it. I don't know necessarily as well.
0: Yeah, imitating, but I just think that that's a character voice that yeah. exists in his brain of sort of yeah. like the sad person that you n- learn to love and then tragically yeah. dies. Yeah,
2: I would give this a seven. I would give this a six and a half. I would also give this a seven. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would give it a six and a half. I am not looking forward to Doctor Fate in the next issue.
0: Is he in the next issue? Uh, oh, yeah. That's that. what it
2: says. I, I've tried to like Dr. Fate. I always thought he was, would be cool, but. His helmet is so cool. These are sort of all characters yeah,
0: that I <clears throat> never had really plant any hooks except for Detective Dr. Chimp.
1: Django, did you appreci- appreciate the cameo of Lucifer? That's Lucifer there in the red. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't notice it. I know you. Well, I didn't <laughs> notice it either, except somebody, somebody mentions the fact that it's Lucifer.
2: So, listen. <laughs>
0: Everybody, yes. We have a phone call line. You can call in. Dino did tonight. Dino did tonight. That's the second time calling in. Thank you so much, um, Phil. Just because you're back on the soundboard does not mean that you can't call in at some point. We would love that.
2: Off the hook, Phil? No, not no, off sir, the hook, not
0: at all. Um, but if you want to call in, please do. The phone number uh, is one, and it's you have to dial the one at the beginning. Paradoxically, so it is in, in one, Washington State. Yeah, at it, least it is one. 619-663-7336. We would love to hear from you. Um, record an audio file, send it to us through email. You can email it at info at um, We want to thank Nick Waite for letting us use his music on this podcast. Thanks, Nick Waite. You can listen to his music at soundcloud.com slash stemmingway, S-T-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. What else we got, Django? Uh,
2: man, I feel like we should thank our sponsor... Suntory whiskey tonight. But you should probably beep that out. We're just sort of slowly,
0: slowly um, (laughs) sipping on whiskey like adults. Out of little barrels. Little barrel shot glasses. Roman, who do you want to thank tonight? That Mallard's ice cream? That seemed to pull you out of that huge, deep gravity well you were in. Mallard's ice
1: cream? That was was very helpful helpful for all of us. Do you think, when you said the the thing about the phone, do you think there will come a point when dial, you know, the number... That word changes to like. I mean, what would it change to? Push, swipe, swipe, Push? I mean, I mean, the so like, like. Shout at Siri. These does, numbers. Does like a twelve-year-old know what dial when they hear hears our podcast? Did I say,
2: say dial? It?
0: Yeah. Do they know what dial means? What? How did I use it? Dial one you first. Did.
2: Uh, you did oh, say
0: dial one. Does it, yeah. Or did I hit one? Dial.
2: No, so no, so, so yeah, listen. I dial is. I think that'll go away about the same time rewind goes away.
0: That's a good. That's yeah. that's, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Scenes skip backwards.
2: What? Oh. Scenes get Backwards.
0: Yeah. Scrub. Oof. Scrub back. That series ended forever ago.
2: Scrub's <laughs> back. <sighs> Guys, um, you're great. Both of you are great. Should we Okay. Okay. On the count of three yeah, let's, let's not end this. Let's all keep going, yeah. Just try to say something at the same time. I don't, One, why would we two, do that? Three. Why I are like we hot a pumpkin?
0: so jangle <laughs> likes batman and J- roman likes pumpkins and i don't know why we're, of pumpkins. why we're doing the exercise so that was that was productive uh i like justin
2: oh <laughs> this is the hardest part of a
0: podcast ending it you can just stop it that would have been a good ending that could still be the ending
1: character
2: would you want to be it's not too late this could be over this could be over
0: yeah we have that perfect out right there but let's answer that question which dc hero would you want to be because like listen it's really hard to stop hanging out with you guys it is. what time is it it's 10 o'clock i got here at 8 15 a.m. i you have been here for uh, i went to lunch with sam and then i went to uh, my reading spot for an hour and a half yeah. to read comics so um, i have not been here all day but at least 12 hours can
2: we not all choose the same one what? It, it. Plastic Man.
0: Oh, nice. We can't <laughs> choose the same ones. It's, the Shadow's not DC. Damn it. Well, he was based on a DC character, so he might as well, well be. That's that's true. Oh, I'll Creeper. You already are. <laughs> <laughs> Beware <laughs> the Roman. Wow, well, I just want to slow it down. <laughs> Maybe. Uh... I like that detective shape. Ch- careful Mm -hmm. Bobo that chape chape
2: Bobo have you guys heard me make a time
0: to go we'll see you next week (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 (laughs) I can be a bad boy too (laughs) that outro was just for Justin (laughs) can Um, we make specific outros for Justin like can only his phone would get the app oh man that would be so good (laughs) we'll figure it out
2: you know what you should do what you should cut it and play the theme music, and then put all the rest of that back in. I like that. Where we're saying we could still we could still end it. It's not too late. Do you think
0: I should include this part? It's up to you. Oh boy, howdy! I like instruction. I would really like to get the po- so. This is where we'll clearly cut it <laughs> because I want to say I would like to get the podcast up earlier than Mondays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How to? Just gotta do. Hmm. <laughs>
2: <Ooh-hoo>. Tough, tough. <laughs> <laughs>